Thanks for tuning into this week's podcast. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can check us out on the web at hillsideassembly.org. You're about to hear a message from our current message series, and I hope you open your heart and mind to hear a word from God today. We're going to rock. Shepherds kept their watching or silent flocks by night. Behold, throughout the heavens, there shone a holy light. Oh, I'm saying, go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and Go tell it. 
tell it that, that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. You can go ahead and be seated. I know we just got you all excited to praise God, but we'll calm down for a little bit. I'll say it again. Happy New Year. Happy 2024. I'm so excited for what God's going to do this year in our church. If you're a guest, we want to welcome you and let you know that in the foyer right outside, we have some free gifts on a table there that you're welcome to grab. Um, And if you haven't met any of us before, go ahead and introduce yourself, and we'd love to tell you more about our church. We do giving a little bit differently. Um, Instead of doing offering in the middle of service, at the end, if you'd like to give um, to missions or of your tithe, you can do so in the giving box right out in the foyer. This week, Wednesday, is a special Wednesday night. It is prayer and worship night. Wednesday at 6.30 p.m., we'll be joining with other Assembly of God churches across the nation to lift praise through worship and prayer. So if you are available, I would highly recommend, again, 6.30 on Wednesday, we're going to be praying, we're going to be praising, it's going to be an awesome time. On Saturday, January 20th, at 10 a.m., there is a ladies' gathering, and guest speaker, uh, guest speaker Gina Kafer will be sharing. Yes, that'll be great. Also, if you are a youth, meaning you are like between 6th and 12th grade, or if you know someone who's a youth, or if your child is a youth, let them know that on January 20th, we are going bowling as a youth group. And so there will be more information coming with that, but we would love to have any youth join us for that. It's a great time for us to hang out, get to know each other better, and to just have an enjoyable time. Today, as the first Sunday of the month, is Mission Sunday, so Jackie's going to come up in just a little bit, but before, we have a video for you. What is BGMC? BGMC needs to make a difference in the world taught me how much God cares about people who don't know Him. Once I understood what Jesus did for all of us, I wanted to help. I learned that one great way to help is to pray. With so many people needing to hear about Jesus, I learned that my prayers really do make a difference in the world. Missionaries go and tell people about Jesus, and that can cost money. Kids earn money in lots of different ways. That money goes to send missionaries to tell people about Jesus and to help poor people around the world. Where does BGMC money go? First, kids put their money in buddy barrels and bring them to church. The church sends the money to the National BGMC office in Springfield, Missouri. Then, BGMC gives it to the missionaries around the world and in the United States. Let's go to the country of Guatemala and see what BGMC is doing there. In Guatemala, BGMC money is going to a medical clinic. That money buys medicine, bandages, dental supplies, even eyeglasses. There's also a big meeting tent where people learn about Jesus. Wow, people get medical help and at the same time they learn about Jesus? How cool is that? Now, let's go to Africa. BGMC helped a missionary buy bunk beds and blankets for poor kids in Kenya. They had no place to live, and now they have a home where they're loved and taken care of. They also get their own Bible and learn about Jesus. Okay, 
How about going to the Philippines? Did you know that all over the world, kids die because they don't have enough food? Because of BGMC, kids like these have enough food to eat. Missionaries make sure the kids know about Jesus, too. All over the world, people are being helped because of kids like you and me, missionaries, and BGMC. BGMC built a Christian TV tower in Malawi. Kids like you and me have helped dig water wells all across Africa. BGMC bought snowmobiles for pastors in Russia. The money we raise has helped buy goats, pigs, and cows to help poor farmers get started raising animals. Bibles are being printed and given away in lots of languages. Pastors get to go to Bible school because of BGMC. Wow, the dimes, quarters, and dollars we put into those buddy barrels really do go around the world. So you might as well believe it, kids are playing a big part in telling people about Jesus all over the world. We can pray, we can give, and we can go. By filling up buddy barrels, we can help missionaries tell people about Jesus. By learning this stuff as kids, we have our whole lives to be a part of what God is doing around the world. There are lots of good reasons for us to pray and give, but I know one reason that's really important. It'll make Jesus happy. I'm glad I know Jesus as my friend, and I want to tell others so they can be his friends too. I don't know about you, but I think BGMC is pretty awesome. Well, good morning. So it talked about kids giving to BGMC, but you know, I always refer to you when I'm up here as you're my big kids, right? So big kids, little kids, we can all give to BGMC. And as Jeb would say, you can give gold, you can give dollars, you can give checks, you can give noisy. It doesn't matter. But if you're a kid and you're not in control of your own money, who do you have to ask before you give your money? Mom and Dad. That is correct. Do not take anything without permission of your parents, please. God won't be too happy about that. So it would help, but might cause you a few problems at home, right? Yes. So BGMC stands for boys. And what are you? Girls. Yep, boys and girls. What's the M stand for? Anybody know? Missionary. And C stands for, whoops. Perfect. That was a challenge to stand up here. So, yes, it's a challenge for us to give money. So, anyway, so that's what it's all about. So, every month at the beginning of the month is our Mission Sunday. You can give to the missions programs that we have through the church, and you can give to BG Drive Through, or I get any. I just put it, how much would you think you could give a month? One dollar or one penny? One penny would make a big difference because if we added all of us up as one penny, is probably what the first offering was with BGMC. And that started it. It was like 56 cents or something they had. And they used that money right away and started sending out papers to other countries. Now, one more thing. So I'm just for my new, because we have a lot of new friends. So, and that's why I'm up here, so that everybody understands what BGMC is. Why? Oh, leave that. This pastor's got this all set up pretty, honey. Okay, so the reason we use a barrel is because when missionaries would go overseas, the first missionaries, they put everything they owned in a barrel. So they came up with Buddy the Barrel as our BGMC mascot. So that answers that question. So I hopefully have answered all the questions that you need, and we really do have a good time with it. And on this Sunday, we try to wear something yellow. 
um, on BGMC Sunday. So that's the first. Yeah, look at you. We got some yellow out there. So, all right. Well, thank you so much. Hey, kids, do you know what time it is? Kids church. Absolutely. Let's go, kids. I didn't forget to. Uh, yeah. We're gonna, <laughs> woo. And we're doing the same story you guys are. So head out, kids. Let's go. Well, thank you, Miss Jackie. Uh, could we stand this morning as we uh, prepare to uh, worship again in song? And uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen? And we're going to sing, See a Victory. We're going to see victories in this new year.
sing that a cappella with the drums. You take, let's sing it, people of God. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. One more time. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it introduced a song last week and it's called Trust in God and it's uh, these young songwriters paying homage to the uh, great hymns of faith as well as it starts out with blessed assurance
trust. trusted in Jesus yet as your Lord and Savior, even today can be the day. Hallelujah. Lord, we believe in your goodness, Lord, for truly God is good to Israel, the Bible says in one of the Psalms, truly God has been good to us too. We'd like to celebrate his goodness. I love you, Lord, and your mercy never fails me all my days. I've been held in your hands from the moment that 
it to him. in just a few hours the green and gold will take the field play the Chicago Bears and they've been saying it all week we win and we're in the playoffs but you know what this morning I believe that God wants more than anything for you to have a spiritual win this morning would you just join me in praying asking God's presence to continue to work 
through us and in us as we preach the word this morning. Lord, we want a victory in our lives this morning. And God, we ask you to speak to us, to visit us. Lord, not to give us what we want. Lord, we desperately need you to give us what we need. God, I believe your word is going to speak to hearts today. I believe this, this Sunday, this first Sunday of 2024, will be a special, special service. We can't expect in 2024. Lord, we love you. Lord, we pray for those who are not with us this morning. That God, your hand would be upon your hand. Those who are ill, those who are in the hospital, that your hand would be upon them. Those who are traveling abroad, that your hand is upon them. That God, you would restore, you would heal, you would do what only you can do. We give you praise, glory, and honor. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. It is the first Sunday of the year, and it's the first Sunday of the month. And so it is Mission Sunday, and we do want to let you know about a special uh, project we're doing for 2024. This last year, our missions team went to uh, Nicaragua. They worked with uh, an orphanage that we've been working with for a long time, long before I became the lead pastor here. And uh, there is a lady named Helen who has been running this orphanage for around 30 years. And for 30 years, she has given sacrificially of her life to these kids and to the ministry. And she does not have a home of her own. Uh, and she's getting to the age where retirement is on the horizon. And so we are taking this up, and we're going to make sure that in 2024, she has the ability to be able to have a home of her own to retire to. So we're calling this project uh, Helen's House. We want to raise $15,000 to finish Helen's House. And so uh, we currently have $1,650 in there. We've got some special projects that we're going to do. But when you give to missions, part of that goes to this project. Uh, but also we'll have special opportunities today. Uh, when you give your tithes and offerings, remember to give to missions because it's not just about us. It's just not about the ministry happening here in Ripon. It's about the ministry of our ministry partners as well that are abroad. We have several different ministry partners uh, in all different places across the world that are sharing the gospel, and they are counting on those resources being available to them. And so please give of your missions. And if you want to give specially to Helen's House anytime this year, you can always do that online or here. Just mark in your envelope uh, on your check or on the online giving, Helen's House, and we'll make sure it goes where it needs to go. And I believe we can do $15,000 this year. Do you believe it? Oh, come on. You can do better than that. Do you believe it? We, got, we serve a God of breakthrough. I think if God wanted to, we could see $15,000 before the end of the month. Um, so God is moving, and he's doing great things. And that's what we're going to talk about, because God gave me a word for this next year, and it was breakthrough. Breakthrough. Several, several weeks ago, God spoke this into my spirit, and I was like, all right, Lord, this is the word you're speaking over us, what you want to do in our life, what you want to do in our church. And today, I'm going to lay that out for you a little bit and be very specific on one of the breakthroughs that I really believe God wants to do in everybody's life that's in this room today. And as Mike alluded to, um, we're not quite done with Christmas yet. At the end of service, I will, I'm going to share one more Christmas story with you. We're going to have an interactive time here at the altar. That's what these tables are for, and I hope that you will join us in that. And then we'll end our service today praying for some very specific needs 
uh, that I want to bring before the church body for prayer today. So can we do that? All right. Well, yesterday was January 6th, and that is called Epiphany. It's also known as Three Kings Day. Uh, it's when we celebrate or when we, we, we think to ourselves that the Magi came and visited uh, Mary, Joseph, and Jesus. And so three kings. And today I want to start off our scripture by talking about three kings, but it's not the Magi. It's three kings in the Old Testament. Um, and so we're going to look at three kings, king, the king of Judah, the king of Edom, and the king of Israel. These three kings had come together to do battle against the Moabites. And they began to march towards the battlefield. And after seven days, their armies and their livestock had no water. And so the kings called forth and said, look, let's bring Elisha, the prophet, to us, and let's see what he would say. Let's inquire of God to see what he might do in times of trouble. That sounds like a good idea to me. You ever been there where it's like you're trying to figure out the solution all on your own, and then just like that light bulb moment? You know, maybe I should ask God. And look, even your pastor does that from time to time. Life gets busy. It's crazy. And even in ministry, you can be doing so much and stretched so thin sometimes, you forget. It's like, yeah, I should probably ask God what he wants to do <laughs> and what he wants me to do and how he wants me to respond. And so it's good when we inquire of the Lord. So in 2 Kings 3.15, we see this take place. While the harpist plain, plain, and I love this, Elisha called for a harpist. He's like, look, I need to get in the presence of God. The best way to get in the presence of God is praise and worship. So bring me, bring me the guitar player, and let's start worshiping, and let's see what God would speak to us. Man, I love the prophet Elijah. So while the harpist was playing, the hand of the Lord came on Elisha, and he said, this is what the Lord says. I will fill this valley with pools of water. For this is what the Lord says. You will see neither wind nor rain, yet this valley will be filled with water. And you and your cattle and your other animals will drink. This is an easy thing in the eyes of the Lord. I love that that's thrown in there. This is an easy thing in the eyes of the Lord. And he will also deliver Moab into your hands. Let's just throw that in there on top of it all. The very battle that you're going towards, it's going to be victorious. You know, this week we, were, we had a very special staff meeting on Wednesday night. We were planning things out. We got all the way uh, through the summer uh, just doing a lot of calendar planning and, and just praying and talking about what we felt like God was asking us to do. And, of course, some of those things will change, but we at least have a good direction as a staff where we're going over the next six months, seven, eight months. And so we're excited about that. But I got this away. And they were like, what are we going to do? And I was like, look, if God said it was no big deal to fill these pools with water with no rain and no dew, I've got, I've got to tell you, in eight months, God can bring us the right person for this ministry. <laughs> it's not a big deal for God. And I want you to know this morning, whatever breakthrough that you need in your life, it's not a big deal for God, but it's a very big deal for us. It's a very big deal for us. Now, when I look at this passage of Scripture, that's a breakthrough. Three armies, all these people, all the, these animals, and no water, no resource. But God broke through and provided the resource that they needed. When we talk about breakthrough, I think there's a lot of different things that can come to mind and where you want to go. And so I thought, hey, let's start off by just 
giving the definition of breakthrough. And there's three different definitions given here, and I just want to read each one for you. Definition number one, a military movement or advancement all the way through and beyond the enemy's frontline defense. That sounds like a breakthrough I want for a church in 2024. Amen? Let's break through the line of the enemy. Let's go in and take some ground that God wants to have. Number two, any significant or sudden advance, development, achievement, or increase as in knowledge or diplomacy that removes a barrier to progress. Boy, that sounds like a breakthrough I want as a church in 2024. How about you? And then number three, an act or an instant of removing or surpassing an obstruction or restriction, the overcoming of a stalemate. In other words, if you're stuck, beginning to move forward. And that sounds like a breakthrough I want for our church in 2024. So let me ask you this question for a moment. What would a breakthrough in your life look like to you? I want you to just think about that. If, I, if God were to come in, what, was, what would be the one thing that I would just, you would pray and go, Lord, this is where I want you to break through in my life in 2024? Does it have to do with your job or your workplace or your ministry? Does it have to do with an area in your family, a relationship? Does this have to do with a mindset? Does it have to do with something physical in your body? Does it have to do with something emotional in your body? Does it have to do with something that you struggle with, an area of addiction, an area that, uh, of confrontation? Is, is it something that, that God is wanting to change inside of you? What is the area of breakthrough that you want to see from your perspective? I put this up on social media this week. I thought it would be fun to just get some of the answers. And this was my favorite one. You can show this picture. So let me put the Kool-Aid man breaking through the wall. Oh, yeah! You guys remember? Is there any kids from the 80s in this place? Is it just me? Oh, yeah! It come through. I was like, yes! I love that. I was like, that's going in the, in the message on Sunday morning. You know, it's interesting because... I want us to experience breakthrough, and I believe we're going to pray, and we're going to have an opportunity uh, for you to share what areas you want breakthrough in, and we're going to be praying for that all year long. And I believe God is going to break through and do some really amazing things, but there is a difference between our perspective and God's point of view on how he wants to break through. What we want God to do and what he may want to do and how he wants to do it may be different, may be different. And I want to encourage you to start this year off by learning how to surrender and say, God, what you want from me is better than what I want. How you want to handle it is better than how I want to handle it. What you want to do is going to be a bigger blessing than what I'm asking for. Are my ways higher than your ways and something greater? Mike, could you come and help me with an illustration this morning? When thinking about breakthrough and listening to what people said online this week, one of the things that, that I heard repetitively over again was the area of freedom in different areas. We want freedom. We want freedom. Freedom. And I think freedom is a great area to have breakthrough in. But I want to explain to you a little bit about this, our mindset versus God's mindset. Because Mike can play the guitar, right? And he's got the freedom to play that instrument any way he wants to. 
So if he wants to put that guitar on backwards and play it backwards, he can do that. Can you just give us a little something on there, Mike? Go ahead. Maybe just a little rap-a-tap on the, on the, on the back. Yeah, it's, a, it's a little different, a little different. And here, here's the thing. You can play that guitar backwards, but that's not the intention of its design. And I wonder this morning, are there areas of our life that we are, we are not treating with the intention that they were designed for? That we're trying to use them in a different way. Oh, there's another way. You could flip that guitar around to the, to the way it was meant to be played. Now, you can play any of those strings in any order that you want because you've got the freedom to do that. Mike, just, just play. Just, yeah, just play a couple strings. Yeah. Isn't that beautiful music? Because he's got the freedom to play any of those strings any way he wants. He doesn't even have to put his fingers on the fret. He could just, he could just play with the pick. He could do that. But here is the thing. Freedom without limits. You can, you can, you can play with strum with, without limits, but if you embrace the limits and understand the structure that chords bring, all of a sudden, then you have music. Could you just play us a couple chords, Mike? Maybe even just a couple things, a couple bars from one of the songs we did this morning. Thanks, Mike. See, we are meant to be free. We are meant to be free. God, God wants to set us free. Galatians 5 1 says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. But we often say, We want freedom with no limitations. But I want to tell you this morning that freedom with no structure, freedom with no limits, will lead to chaos in your life. And that's not what God wants you to have. We need to be able to embrace the fact that God sometimes puts limitations on us. And that's not because he's trying to hold us back. It's because he's trying to get the very best in us and through us. 1 Corinthians 10.23 says, I have the right to do anything you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. Just because we can doesn't mean that we should. Imagine if we could learn how to walk and surrender to God and embrace his limitations and construction in our life, how much more freedom we could enjoy. Here's what I know for sure. God wants to break through in your life in 2024. I know that his promises and his word, that, it, that they are true. That is his heart's desire. So from his word, I can gather this. He wants every person that's in this building to grow in the word of God this year. Every one of us. He wants us to grow in how we view his word, how we perceive his word, how we live in his word. I know this, that he wants to set people free from sin. And if you've got sin in your life, if you've got some area of struggle in your life, I know this, they can say there are three areas. Does that have to do with maybe the, the healing or the thing that I was envisioning? I, I think God wants to do those things too. I think that God wants to take you to a deeper place than you have ever been with him before.
But I want you to understand something. Your healing may come in a very different way than you think. Look at Paul and what he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord, take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness in insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, I am strong. This whatever that, and I love the fact that Paul never shares what this thorn in the flesh is. For some of us, I think if he would have shared it, we would have gone, why is that even a thorn in the flesh? What? That's no big deal. Other of us, we could relate. But the fact that it's left innocuous <laughs> means the fact that you and I can relate to it and go, there are things sometimes that God puts in our life as partners that we don't necessarily want, but that we desperately need. It was because of this thorn in the flesh that Paul was able to go into a deeper place with Christ, to experience the power of God in his life in a deeper way, and it kept him humble. And sometimes we need thorns that God allows into our life to keep us humble, to keep us in that place where it's not about me, it's about the King of Kings, and the Lord of Lords. Sometimes breakthrough requires a thorn in the flesh. Sometimes it's the very thing that we want breakthrough from that gives us the breakthrough that we need. We're going to pray for your breakthrough in just a little bit. But I encourage you, leave the answer to your prayers, to your requests in the hands of God and let him do what he wants to do with it. As I've been praying about what the Lord would have us do and where breakthrough would take us in this next year, there is one thing that has become very obvious to me, an area that God desperately wants to move in all of our lives, is to bring us to a place where our perception of him changes. For every person here today and that's watching online, we perceive God a certain way. And all of us have something over our eyes. We have some type of glasses. Like when you wear sunglasses, right, you still see things the way that they are, but there is a tint, right? And sunglasses can be good, but you probably don't wear them inside in a dark room. <laughs> that becomes dangerous, right? They're meant for a purpose. But I think some of us, it's not just glasses, but we're walking our lives with binoculars on. Or maybe even a scope like a hunting rifle. And there is a time and a place for that type of focus. But if you live your entire life with that narrow vision of focus, the problem is, is that you miss out on everything that God is doing here. Because you are so focused. See, I think we put glasses or binoculars or a scope of loss, of pain, of our experiences, and then we view God through that. We see God through that lens. 
And I believe the greatest breakthrough that's coming for our church this next year is for God to come in and help loss, to see God in a greater view, to pull the scope away and to not just have this narrow, focused view, but to see these things that God is doing. Because I want to tell you this morning, God is doing a lot of things out here. God is doing a lot of things out here. As I was thinking about that illustration, I could just see, I know, I know Rick's a hunter. I could just see Rick up, in the, up there in the, in the shed waiting, waiting for the deer. He's got the scope, and he's looking. And meanwhile, the deer are walking right underneath him. You know, he's like, they're right there for the taking, but he can't see it. And I think some of the greatest promises God has for your life are right below you, but you're missing it because your perspective of God is blinded because you're seeing God through a lens of hurt. You're seeing God through a lens of loss. You're seeing God through a lens of perspective that God wants to change. He wants to become more real to you. I've said this before, but it is so true. When I look at my relationship with God, where it was just eight years ago when I became your lead pastor, my relationship with God is completely different. The Jesus I knew then is not the Jesus I know now. It is not because Jesus changed. It is because he changed me. He helped me take off some of the goggles I was wearing to see him differently, to experience his presence differently. As we get ready to, to transition to the closing of our service, I have one last Christmas story to share. So this is story time with pastor. Can we do story time with pastor today? Uh, this uh, the story I'm about to share, I call Tommy's Shoebox. It's based on a book, uh, The Shoebox, by Francine Rivers. And today, Jackie is sharing that same story with your kids. Now, I want to be very clear. I'm sharing my own take on this. It is the adult version. So please, parents, do not freak out that we have just traumatized your children downstairs. It's a very different story, but the same themes apply. Uh, so I want to share this story with you of Tommy's Shoebox. Tommy came to live with Mary and David Holmes on a gloomy day in mid-September, two weeks after school had already started. Tommy was a quiet six-year-old boy with sad eyes, and Tommy always carried around with him an orange shoebox everywhere that he went. He never let anyone look inside it, and anytime anyone would ask, Tommy, what's in your shoebox, he would reply, just stuff, just stuff. Mary and David had decided not to ask Tommy about the box. They figured that in time, Tommy would share what was in the box when he was ready to do so. Mary and David were not the only ones that wandered about this shoebox. Tommy's social worker had wondered about it too. He had had it with him ever since the first time they met several months ago. See, Tommy's dad was in jail, and Tommy's mom had passed away from cancer. So Tommy had been taken into child services, but now he had a place to live with Mary and David. Tommy started attending school, and, and he made new friends, and Tommy's teacher would, of course, ask him that first day and several days after, Tommy, what's in your shoebox? And can you guess what Tommy's response was? 
just stuff. Just stuff. Tommy made friends at his new school, but there were some boys that would pick on Tommy. They'd ask him, Tommy, what's in your shoebox? And he would say, just stuff. But one day, one of the boys tried to take Tommy's shoebox. And when he grabbed Tommy's shoebox and said, Tommy, what's in your shoebox? Tommy threw a right hook, (laughs) took back his box, and told that boy, just stuff. That boy never bothered Tommy again. Just stuff, he would say. Tommy loved living with Mary and David. They were so kind to him. Every day, Tommy would get off the bus, race from the bus stop, but underneath his arm would be that orange shoebox. As he ran through the front door, he'd sit at the kitchen table, placing the shoebox in front of him, and sit where Mary would have freshly baked cookies for him that they would share every afternoon. Mary would ask him what happened at school that day. David always, or Tommy always looked forward to when David would get home. Here would be Tommy taking out his shoebox into the yard, laying his shoebox on one of the lawn chairs next by it, always so he could keep his eye on it. But then he would play catch every evening with David. Tommy's shoebox was never out of sight. At night, he would put it on the nightstand next to his bed, right underneath the nightlight, so he could look at it as he drifted to sleep. One day, when David got home from school, or sorry, when Tommy got home from school, there was a letter that had arrived for him. It was from his dad, the only letter he had ever gotten from his dad. Mary asked him, would you like me to read it to you? And he said no. He'd read it himself, and he took it up to his bedroom. He was up there for a very long time. Finally, he came down for dinner, his shoebox tucked up underneath him. A very sad look on his face, but he managed to give a smile to both Mary and David as they ate dinner that night. Mary and David had a relationship with Jesus, and they loved going to their church. And Tommy grow groups. Of course, the Sunday school teach just stuff. Christmas was coming closer, and Tommy's Sunday school class had been asked to prepare the Christmas play that year for the church, just like we do here at Hillside. This was an exciting time, and all the students got to pick their parts Of course, you know, Mary and Joseph, those were the highlights. You know, you've got the shepherds, the wise men. There was this kid named James. And when the teacher asked James, what part do you want? James is like, I want to play the tree. Somebody's like, there's no tree in the Christmas story. I want to play the tree. So luckily, our Sunday school teacher said, yes, of course. Just like Miss Jackie would say, you can be the tree in the Christmas story. Absolutely. So James would be the tree. Tommy's Sunday school teacher, Miss Judy, noticed that Tommy had not picked a part. So she asked him, Tommy, what part would you like to be in the Christmas play? And he looked at Miss Judy and said, I would really like to be a wise man. But the problem was, is they had already selected three people to be wise men. So a couple of the students said, Tommy, you can't be a wise man. We already have three, and there's only three wise men. You can't be. There's only three gifts. So you can't be a wise man. 
But Miss Judy was a very wise Sunday school teacher. She looked at Tommy and said, you can absolutely be a wise man, but Tommy, you're going to have a very important role in the Christmas play because you will have to figure out a very special gift to bring to baby Jesus. Tommy thought about it for a minute, and he said, I really want to be a wise man. So the Christmas play went on several weeks later. Much like we did our Christmas service here, the lights were all dim. People came in. There were parents here, and they were all excited. And the Christmas play started, and of course, James hopped across the stage in his tree outfit for the Christmas story. And all the other parts went as, went as, went as told. But then the wise men came and laid their gifts of frankincense, gold, and myrrh. But there was a fourth wise man. And Tommy came up. And can you guess what Tommy left at the feet of baby Jesus? His orange shoebox. The Christmas play ended. They had Christmas candy like we do for the kids, like Bob and Joan do every year. They get the candy for the kids. They got all their candy. And David and Mary looked at Tommy. And Tommy had so much joy in his face. It was just overwhelming to them. I mean, they were tearing up just watching him. And Mary knelt down next to Tommy and said, Tommy, do you need to go get your shoebox? And he looked at Mary and said, no. That's for baby Jesus. They all left that day. And like us, you know, left all the Christmas decorations you'll clean up later. What no one else knew is when that room was completely empty that you could feel a warm breeze sweep through that sanctuary as an angel came and got that gift and took it and laid it before not baby Jesus, but King Jesus in heaven. And Jesus grabbed a hold of that box and he hugged it and he began to peek inside of it. And of course, you know, Peter had to be there, and he had to ask the question, Jesus, what's in the box? And Jesus looked at Peter and said, just stuff. <laughs> but as Jesus began to open the box, there were these things. There was the baby stuffed animal that Tommy was given by his mom. There was a picture. There were other little things that he had collected from his time with his parents. But there was one thing in the box that Jesus was drawn to. He took it out. It was a folded up pieces of paper. As he opened it, he could barely read because the ink was smeared from tears. So many tears that you could barely read the words anymore. It was the letter from Tommy's dad. See, because Tommy's mom had been so sick with cancer for such a long time, they were running out of money. And so Tommy's dad did something desperate and something stupid. He took a gun to a convenience store, tried to rob it, and in the process shot a man. And that's why Tommy's dad was in jail. As Jesus began to read the letter, 
you got to a point in it where Tommy's dad writes and says, Tommy, this is all your fault. If it wasn't for you, none of this would happen. I wish you had never been born. Tommy would lay in bed at night, pull that letter out, and weep over it. And then he would put it back in that box every night. And can I tell you, when Jesus read that, tears streamed down his face onto that piece of paper. And the words disappeared, not just from that piece of paper, but from Tommy's heart. See, Tommy, on that Christmas Day, experienced breakthrough. Because Tommy brought everything. And he laid it at the feet of Jesus. The good and the bad. It was all for Jesus. And what better gift could you give to our Savior than everything? Kathy, if you'd come to the piano, I believe there is a breakthrough for you in 2024. What I'm going to ask you to do is as Kathy plays, I'd like you to come up to the table. We've got pens and we've got note cards. And I'm going to ask you this. Please don't sign these. Jesus knows who writes these, by the way. Just want to let you know. He doesn't have to have you sign them. But would you come up and take one of these cards? It could be as simple as a word. It can be a paragraph. It does not matter to me. But would you write down where you feel God wants you to experience a breakthrough, where you want God to break through in your life in 2024? If he could do something, what would it be? Would you come and would you write it down? And then when you're done, and you can take it to your seat and write it, you can write it at the tables, however, we'll take as long as we need to to do this. This is so important. When you're done, if you would come and you would put it in the shoebox. Now, Tommy's not going to carry the shoebox around this year, but your pastor is. It will sit in my office. And I will pray over it continually throughout this year. And every Friday, I will come into this sanctuary with this shoebox tucked underneath my arm and come in here and I will be praying for your breakthrough along with anyone else that's in this place on Fridays at noon. And I believe we will see God break through in the areas that you need breakthrough in. So would you come? Would you grab a pen and a card? And would you just begin to write? And if, you, there's not, if we run out of pens, just wait because somebody will be done and we'll, everybody gets a chance here. If you're not here today, you're watching online, these will be available the next several weeks. Just come. Let me know that you want to do this. We'll get it in the box. We want to make sure that everybody has their prayer or their prayer request in this box. Or if you're online, you can just write it in the Facebook chat, Anthony. But everybody, the altar call, would you come? Let's just begin to ask the Lord, where do you want to break through in my life?
finish up here. I think it's probably good for me to tell you now how how did God bring with Goliath? He was a man of God before. In fact, before he met Goliath, he he talked about the fact that he killed lion, tigers, and bear, oh my, protecting the sheep. And in fact, when Goliath showed up and was was spewing all this hatred and, and talking bad about his God and God's people, David's like, hey, he's just another bear. He's just another lion for God to slay. I got this because God can help me do it. But I'll tell you, in the moment when Goliath fell and David picked up his sword, there was something that changed in his perspective because he walked with God through it. When Daniel was thrown into the lion's den, he was a man of God. He said, look, I'm going to pray to my God. There's nothing that you can do to stop me from praying for my God. I'm going to continue to pray to my God. He was already a man of God. But I got to tell you, when you're in the lion's den with those hungry lions and the angels held their mouth shut, when the stone was rolled away, they called Daniel's name and he said, here I am. His perspective was different because he had walked a night in the den with Jesus. Radshak, Meshach, and Abednego were men of God. They were men of character. They were men of integrity. But yet, when they stood there and were thrown in that furnace, they said, look, God may deliver us. He may not. It does not change. He is still worthy of us to give our all for him, whether he deliver us or not. They did not know. (laughs) But man, What a Pentecostal service when they stood in the fire. And Jesus was in the fire with them. They came out of that not on fire in the flesh, but on fire for God. Because they had been in the fire with Christ. The way our perspective changes, the way the goggles come off, is not simply us saying, well, I'm putting the goggles down. I wish it worked that simple. It doesn't. It works by God coming into our life, walking with us through difficult situations that brings the breakthrough of perspective and change on who God is in our life. So 2024 isn't going to be a cakewalk. It will be challenging. But I want to tell you there is a God who says, I will walk with you. And there is a church here that is dedicated to walking with you through 2024 and beyond. And I believe God's going to break through our perspective. He is going to break through into our situations. He's going to break through into our families. He's going to break through onto our campuses and our workplaces. Do you believe it, church? I believe it. I believe there is breakthrough in 2024. I want to pray for just a couple of things. Could we stand to our feet? There are many this morning uh, that are sick and ill. We want to pray for Vicki Brink, Ron and Don Fader, Joe Wiggers, all, all very sick this morning. And we just want to pray for their recovery. We also have two people in the hospital uh, with very, very extreme cases. Um, Rebecca Reinhardt uh, has had multiple seizures in the last uh, few weeks. And this has led to the deterioration of uh, her motor skills uh, and her speech. Uh, And she has a long way to recovery. And so, Greg, we love you, and we're here for you, and we will be praying for that. 
Uh, the, the goal is to get her into a rehab facility, hopefully this next week, if things continue to progress and move forward. But it is going to be a long haul to get back. And so uh, we're going to pray for her. Also, Eldon Benton has been in the hospital this last week um, with a plethora of different issues. Um, his heart was out of rhythm. Uh, he had a very severe UTI. He has since developed pneumonia as well as some other health difficulties. Um, we visited him earlier in the week, but I got a phone call last night uh, from his son in Texas, and he, Mike and I are going to go visit miracles. And I believe in We want to pray his will. And if he's calling Eldon home, uh, we want to embrace that and allow him to go so there is no more suffering. And so uh, would you join with me in prayer for these things and also what's in the box? Just stuff. Um, God, God wants to break through our stuff. Lord, we thank you for this first service in 2024. Lord, I love this church. We love this church. We don't want to be the same. We want to be transformed. We want to grow. We want to be taken places through your word and, and have it resonate and change our lives, no matter our age or our maturity, that, God, we want to be transformed by your word this year, transformed by your presence. Lord, we lift up those who are ill this morning, and Lord, we pray for those who are sick that you would restore health to their bodies. Lord, we pray this morning, God, for Vicki and for Ron and Don and Joe that you would heal them and others that are sick this morning and unable to be here, that God, you would touch their lives and heal them. We pray for those in our community that are ill uh, that God, you would touch them, heal them, open their lungs so that they can breathe. Lord, we pray for Rebecca this morning. God, I know she's in discomfort and pain, and it is difficult and it is challenging. But Lord, I pray breakthrough. Breakthrough her heart and her mind and her spirit. Change her perspective of who you are. May she see you in a way she's never seen you before and Lord we pray that you would heal her body Lord we pray for Eldon this morning Lord do a miracle but Lord we leave the miracle in your hands Lord if it is your will to heal him that he would be healed he would begin to be able to breathe on his own this pneumonia infection would dissipate this UTI would go away the heart would begin to sink up and work the way that it's supposed to but Lord if you are calling him home Lord, may it be a great homecoming because that has got to be one big mansion for a heart that's so full of Texas. Lord, we pray, bless him. And Lord, as Mike and I go today, may you give us wisdom and may we bring comfort to him. Lord, I pray that, Lord, you would help us to be able to minister to his family as well in the days ahead. Lord, we pray this morning over our offering. Lord, as we give in our tithes and offerings and Lord, as we give to missions in 2024 for the first time. God, may our church be able to do more for the kingdom of God than we ever thought possible. Lord, would you take what we give and would you bless it in incredible ways. And Lord, I pray for those who give this morning, you would meet their needs in miraculous, incredible ways. Bless them in some ways that they never could have imagined. Lord, we want to be the church that you have called us to be. And Lord, we pray for the stuff in this box. Like your word said, it is no big thing in the eyes of the Lord. 
Everything in this box is no big thing for you. Big things for us, no big thing for you. God, break through in our lives, in our spirit, in our mind, in our workplaces, in our homes, in our relationships in 2024. Do what only you can do. And Lord, we pray this morning we leave this place in victory, knowing that our God goes with us. That if we are thrown in the fire, Jesus walks in the fire with us. We are victorious this morning. And Lord, we pray for a victory this afternoon. In Jesus' mighty name. And God's people said, amen. Amen. We love you, church. Happy New Year. Happy 2024.